This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. My brother. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Yes, yes. This is DJ Ski, and this is the Sports Card Strategy Show. You already know, there is no off-season. I'm Jeff Wilson, and I'm loving the content here on the Sports Card Strategy Show. There is no off-season. Doing really well. Thanks for doing this. Happy to do it. All right. You ready to rock? Ready to go. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to the NOOFFSEASON.com family and the Sports Card Strategy Show. We are here to help you make money flipping sports cards and build a collection that increases in value. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. Got my main man back with me, Connor Barnett, head of content at NoOffSeason.com. What's up, CB? How you doing, man? Fantastic. Happy to be back from vacation. Uh, it was a little needed, but, it, but I had a great time, and now I'm just ready to get rock and rolling, uh, keep pushing out good content for everybody. And like you mentioned, happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Hopefully they get to spend some some time with their loved ones. And if they're not, we love having you here. So pumped to get the show rolling. I'm excited today to talk about 2023-24 Prism Basketball. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about why it's significant when it comes out. What are the configurations? How do you get it? Should you rip it? 
Or should you wait to buy singles? Is there a ripping strategy? Should you rip this? We're going to take a look at the impact of the NBA trade deadline on card prices. Of course, we'll do Paul's pickups. Always pumped for that segment. It's a little bit different than Paul's picks. We'll break that down too. What are crossover collectibles? We're going to talk to Tim Larson of Signs of the Times Collectibles about that. And of course, we'll talk directly to all of you, our NoOffSeason.com family members, and we'll answer your questions. But everybody knows what time it is right now. It's time for some live chat. Love, Connor. So let's say hello to Shane Graham. He's been first in these days. Good to see you, Shane. Cleo cards in the house. Who's your card guy? Good afternoon, fam. One Galaxy Germ. Your premium pack just went out today, brother. Get pumped about it, Jeremy. He said, good afternoon. The Prism release date for Hobby got pushed back yet again. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Valentine's Day treat. Connor and his staff are back. Yes, Ryan Painter's in the house. Joe E. Joe E. says, happy afternoon, happy Valentine's Day and 2024 Tops baseball release date. Yes, that is true. Justin Stewart, good afternoon. Good to have Connor back and one galaxy germ. Loves Connor Stash. Live chat, drop your L's and W's in there, boys and girls, and uh, your questions as well, because we're going to take them at the end of the show. If you are listening on Apple and Spotify, you can get into the show too. Just DM me at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram. Join the Discord at sportscardstrategy.com for the quick link. Or, of course, go to youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Because then all of you will be at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. We want you to subscribe. We want you to drop a comment on this video. And of course, we want to thank our nooffseason.com network partner, CGC Cards. Check out nooffseason.com and click on the banner ad for CGC Cards to get more details on their great grading service for PC protection starting at $12. This supports us. It supports CGC Cards. And of course... Please know that I'm grading my cards for flipping purposes with PSA only, but I'm, of course, considering sending some of my lower dollar cards to CGC to try out their experience for myself. More on that to come. Are you ready to start grading your cards? CGC Cards is the perfect place to slab your favorite football cards. From their clear, crystal clear holders to their affordable pricing, CGC Cards is the perfect stop for your grading needs, go to cgccards.com to start grading today. Connor, you and Andy Kaysen and I, breaking news, we're going to be at the CGC headquarters later this month for a little behind-the-scenes tour, and we're going to create a lot of content to bring to our audience at the nooffseason.com sports card network, at Football Card Quest, and at nooffseason.com and the Sports Card Strategy Show, so get pumped for all of that. Because we're going to get behind the scenes with CGC cards. Speaking of behind the scenes, Sports Card School is a safe place for noobs, advanced flippers, and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases in value. Go to sportscardschool.com. Get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to start learning our guidelines, strategies, and plays to help you make money flipping sports cards to fund your PC and other things in your life. Another uh, live chat love here. Alan Ma in the house. The stash is bang on. Needs to be showcased on the website. Okay. Okay. Connor's got some headshots on nooffseason.com right now. And here's another question of the day. So the last few episodes without Connor, I've been asking a question of the day. It's pinned 
on Instagram right now. So go to Sports Card Strategy on Instagram. See the question pinned and respond to it there, please. And if you're in the live chat, you can go ahead and respond. And of course, if you're watching on youtube.com slash Paul Hickey after the video, we want you to respond there. We want comments there. We want you to subscribe to the channel and comment on this video. Question of the day is simple. What is the number one card on your watch list right now? Connor, since you're back, you answer first, brother. What is the number one card on your watch list right now? Yeah, so the... I think this is a great question and I'm glad it's asked for my, for my day back because I had my friend reach out to me the other day, shout out to my guy, Mitchell Evans. Um, and he's trying to kind of get into making money, flipping sports cards, wants to know what a good investment is. He's like, okay, I can pick one card in X price range. What do you think I should buy right now? What should I look at buying? I told him you should be looking at Justin Herbert's 2020 prism silver PSA 10, uh, for a number of reasons. One, it's down 14% at the last 180 days. Obviously, we're kind of approaching buying season for football now that the Super Bowl has ended. We are waiting for some of that hype uh, to kind of melt off the market. However, uh, two recent sales on this card were at 1.55K a piece on the same day. However, before that, you can look at $910 on December 5th, $845 on December 10th, $905 on December 17th, $805 on December 19th, and $870 on December 20th. This was a card that was selling between $1,500 and $2,000 between June and September of 2023. Um, so I think right now, as we see prices kind of fall off for this card, this could be simply time in the market. We're not waiting for anything to happen except for uh, football hype to kind of kick back up. We know, obviously, Justin Herbert's got some changes in coaching over there. I think there's some excitement for him to really uh, get the get the freedom and the offense to really air it out and show what he can do uh, and maybe take the next step to being that elite quarterback. However, we're not even trying to – we're not trying to – analyze that and hope that happens i'm just waiting for football to come back and people to get hyped for him and list that thing profitably close to 2x there my question for you paul here would be what's up with those anomaly sales you know it's the two most recent sales on january 9th 1.55k a piece but everything before that is like 67 percent roughly of that price is that super bowl hype that's doing that what do you think those anomaly sales are for should we expect uh, the previous prices that i mentioned from december to kind of come back out were those sales on the 9th of February or the 9th of January? Uh, February, excuse me, I believe. Let me okay. double check real quick. I, I, right think it's, I think it's the Harbaugh effect. I think it's the Jim Harbaugh effect. I think people, okay. I did I did see Herbert's uh, base prism PSA 10, not, not the silver, but the base prism PSA 10. And I think the silver PSA 9 jumped quite a bit. After the Harbaugh announcement, which would have been, uh, I think it was January 19th, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, Harbaugh was uh, named the coach of the Chargers. I think it's the Jim Harbaugh effect. I think people were down on uh, Staley there, coach, former coach Staley in L.A. And now that Harbaugh's there, QB guy, right? And Herbert is a hobby darling. So there's a lot of people... That like Justin Herbert, he was down for a long time. And that's the other thing is it, he was just down for a long time. Like the sales, the sales you listed, nine ten on December fifth, eight forty five on December tenth, nine oh five on December seventeenth, eight oh five on December nineteenth, eight seventy on December twentieth. We told everybody on the Sports Card Strategy Show to buy Justin Herbert, to buy that card. He, I think, he was one of my buys of the week. And Duke Denny one-time Dodson talked about Justin Herbert as a buy as well. And a sell marker being the coaching change. So Duke Denny one-time Dodson at Grabo's called that. But I think you're right. I think that 
this card's going to continue to rise, and I think this card's going to continue to go up and up and up all the way until the hype cycle of late August. And certainly, probably, if Herbert starts the first four weeks of the season well from an individual standpoint, and if the Chargers are... Three and one, four and zero, oh, something like that. After the first four weeks, I think this card crescendos. I'm bad at picking that. I'm I'm gonna probably sell it towards. I'm gonna probably recommend that everybody sells it towards the end of August. But great choice for the number one card on your watch list right now, Connor. Phenomenal. Just want to say hello to Joel Kaplan and Card Snatcher real quick. Ryan Painter has an answer. T Higgins. T Higgins is on his watch list. If he doesn't get the franchise tag, some team will get a WR1. Love that. Yep, I agree. So again, if you're listening on the podcast apps, comment on the pinned post on IG at Sports Card Strategy. If you're watching at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, please comment below and hit the like button. We want to know, what is the number one card on your watch list right now? All right, next up, Connor and I are going to talk about 2023-2024 Prism Basketball. The release date maybe was pushed back. I'm not sure. What I did is I went to PaniniAmerica.net and for the hobby box that says coming soon of Prism 2023-2024, I set an alert. You can set an alert on that page if you're logged in and it'll email you when... When you can go in and, and buy that hobby box and haven't gotten my email yet. So I have to believe that it was pushed back. So let's get into Prism basketball. And the reason I want to talk about this is because Prism is always the flagship release for Panini every year for football and for basketball. We talked about Prism football last week. And I want to get into Prism basketball with Connor this week to just kind of see what's on his mind related to kind of his first year really back in the hobby. He's done a lot of, you know, a, a lot of laying back in the cut, doing research, not really buying too many singles, not really buying too much wax. But Connor, does Prism basketball get you excited? It gets me excited, but I mean, obviously we're not really looking to, we're not looking to get wax and we're going to have to wait a little bit until those prices cool down anyway. So right now is not a super, to me, it's a time to be prospecting guys that you might be looking for in the future. Obviously, we're not hoping to really be ripping wax or be buying these guys on top end prices before their before their markets kind of cool down, like we often discuss for rookie prints. So, uh, definitely some excitement here, but with haste, Paul, with haste. I agree. Ripping wax is not a sports card strategy typically, and but you know, but we do like to tr try to examine where opportunities are. Connor and I spend, gosh, probably at least five or six hours a day, just strictly researching opportunities for you guys to try to make nooffseason.com and the sports card strategy show the best content out there in the hobby. And so we're researching, we're researching prism basketball. Connor, what have you found so far in terms of why you think this release is significant? I think it's, it's significant because of who's in it, right? We got obviously Victor Wimbanyama, who you're going to discuss shortly. We got Scoot Henderson. Uh, he had a slow start as a third overall pick in the draft, uh, but he looks to be moving in the right direction. Even just watching him, you can tell he's start, sort of starting to figure things out, get his mojo going, had his first 30-point game against the Nuggets on February the 2nd. Uh, we got the Thompson Twins in this release. We got Asar, who uh, isn't quite elite offensively yet. He was one of seven players ever 
to put up 110 rebounds, 45 offensive rebounds, and 20 blocks through his first 11 career games and has a legitimate chance to be just the 37th rookie to make an all-NBA defensive team. And then we got his brother, Amon, uh, who's proven to be pretty versatile. He's playing less than 20 minutes per game, so he's not really getting that full leash. However, as of late, uh, they're playing him a little bit more, and he appears to be coming into his own. He's got two double-doubles in the last four games. And then also, we got our guy, Brennan Miller, uh, LaMelo's teammate over in Charlotte, the second overall pick of the draft. He's been absolutely hooping. Had a six-game stretch starting in late January that featured scoring games of 29, 21, 28, 35, 33, and 20. We got a lot of exciting guys in this release, and I think that's why it's proving to be significant for collectors. Um, so, Paul, let's go ahead and hop into our guy, Victor Wimanyama. Obviously, that's going to be the Chase guy. That's the big name. He's been uh, having a fantastic rookie season, and you kind of called it. So go ahead and hop into things. I was right about Wemby specifically not only because i've i've profited massively off of just consistently flipping wemby you can go back to the first episode of the new year here with connor and i breaking that down and check that out in in early january but i predicted a triple double with blocks and i i went on a limb and said maybe even he'll get a quadruple double with blocks i still think that's gonna happen but he played just 29 minutes a couple nights ago and in 29 minutes, dropped a triple-double with blocks. 10 blocks, 14 rebounds, 27 points. Wemby is the real deal. And so his prism, while it's going to open just a rid ridiculously expensive, it's probably not going to go down. It's probably not going to go down much because this dude is proving to be the real deal. I mean, the Spurs are in last place in the Western Conference, but... It doesn't matter. People are bought into Wemby, and they're going to build around this guy. They're going to be a competitive franchise. You know, Popovich is going to have to retire at some point, but they're going to build around him. They're going to build around Wemby. Pop's going to put a good lineup around him for the years that he continues to be in charge there in San Antonio. And I think eventually Wemby's going to win a title. I think he's going to stay healthy. I know that's a hot take, but I think that these are all, even if he doesn't do any of that stuff on the court in the long term, there is so much hype around Wemby that for the foreseeable future, for like two or three years, there's going to be so much hype around him that this his prisms just probably won't go down. So he's going to be an anomaly. We typically say don't buy into a rookie card of a player who is a current rookie until three to six months after their current after their, the last release of their rookie cards come out and hit the market. And that's because the pattern recognition typically tells us that those cards are going to go down. But I think Wemby's going to be an anomaly. I think his prism is going to be an anomaly. And so I think if you can get your hands on a Wemby prism, even if it's a base, it's probably not a horrible investment. Um, so that, that's going to be an exception to the rule and, a, you know, a guy, a guideline that kind of breaks all the other guidelines and strategies out there. And I think, you know, some of the other guys, there's going to be plays for too, just because there's going to be so much hype around Miller, Scoot, the Thompson twins, Wemby, and we're post Super Bowl now. So we've got the all-star break coming up. And the Rising Stars teams were announced. So there's going to be a lot of attention around these young stars. The NBA is going to want to highlight them. And I think you could see some rippers of wax actually make quite a bit of money 
on this release. Now, I'm not saying that most people won't get absolutely slaughtered because ripping wax is not a strategy, but it's something that I want to examine further with Prism Basketball. And so let's get in to real quick, before we get into should you rip this and kind of examine that, let's talk about how you can get these Prism cards. So the original target release date was a week ago today. It was February 7th. And so it was pushed back to today, but I don't think that it's going to be out today or this week. I think it I think it will continue to be pushed back. But Target Blasters pre-order already sold out. It looks like walmart.com has Panini Prism 2023-2024 blaster boxes available right now. It's got Luca on the cover. It does have the ability to potentially get some Thompson Twins autos and some other inserts. So the configuration of the blaster, four cards per pack, six packs per box, some blaster exclusives. Ice prisms come out of the blaster. You can also look for autographs in penmanship and rookie penmanship. So if you want to head over to walmart.com, dip your toe in the prism blaster box waters, 35 bucks. Let us know if you do that. Now, the hobby box I mentioned, those are not available yet. PaniniAmerica.net, online, I set an alert. And what you can do with those is you can hope for one of your two autos, 22 prisms and 10 inserts to be one of the guys that we mentioned a minute ago. And if they are, I think you know there's a good chance you could get your money back from that. But again, it's hard to say because we don't even know what the price is on that yet. So we can't even really do a true analysis because we don't even really know what PaniniAmerica.net is going to sell those for. We can only speculate based on some prices throughout the rest of the distributor world. So you could check some distributor websites, things like that. Like um, Dave and Adams is, is a reputable one. And, you know, you can go to their websites and see if you can get these hobby boxes or pre-order these hobby boxes. You can probably pre-order on eBay right now, but we don't know when you're going to get them. It's just a pre-order. So make sure you're doing it from a reputable distributor and good luck with that. So we've got a new segment on the Sports Card Strategy Show that I previewed on Monday called Should You Rip This? It's a new segment looking at sealed wax. I've always said it's not a sports card strategy, but I think it's time we start doing a few things to break it down in 2024. Number one, we're going to identify key releases and break down the complete checklist and data at nooffseason.com. That's what we're doing. We've identified Prism Football 2023 on Monday, and we've identified Prism 2023-24 Basketball today. So then we're going to rip the same wax on the show and give it away to premium members. I've already purchased a box of 2023 Prism Football Hobby. Hold on one second. Let me get it. This is it right here, people, for those of you watching. For those of you listening on Apple and Spotify, those of you watching can verify my Prism Football Hobby. I already have it in hand. So here's what we're going to do with that. We are going to... We're also going to get a box of 2023-24 basketball. One way or another, we're going to get a hobby box. And here's what we're going to do with it. For the premium members at nooffseason.com, we're going to do a free break for the first 30 premium members who follow our instructions 
on this video. Here's what the instructions are. And if you if you caught Monday's show, you're probably pretty familiar with this. But we already, within 24 hours of Monday's show, we already filled up the entire giveaway for this Prism football. So we're going to do it again right now on the Sports Card Strategy Show. Here's what you're going to do. If you want to enter the members-only 100% free giveaway bonus break, simply subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Comment on this video at youtube.com slash paulhickey with your three favorite NBA teams in order and include your nooffseason.com order number. This is for already paid members only. So if you're in your free 30-day trial period or your free annual trial period, I was crazy and gave people a free year a couple of years ago, and some people are still in that, you don't qualify. But if you email me at paul at nooffseason.com and you want to qualify for it, I'll send you a link where you can pay. And I'm not going to hate you for doing that. Then you have to follow Sports Card Strategy on IG. Email me screenshots of proof of all three of the above to paul at nooffseason.com. The first 30 people to do this will get entered into the free members-only break. The break will take place in a video at youtube.com slash paulhickey in the very near future, along with an overview of the 2023-2024 Prism basketball analysis of should you rip this. So I am pumped about that. I know all of you are as well. And I want you to win free cards. So go check it out. Be one of the first 30 to do all of the things I mentioned above. Make sure you're a paid already paid member at nooffseason.com. Maybe you'll get a case hit. So let's talk about what we think is going to be on this checklist and what we think people could get if they want to gamble and rip some wax, Connor. There's uh, there's some, obviously, prism. You know, the prism configuration. I mentioned it earlier a little bit, but let's just break it down even further. A hobby box comes with two autographs, 22 prism parallels, and 10 inserts. So let's break down what those parallels could be. The parallels could be serial numbered, low serial numbered, one of one. It could be low serial numbered out of five, out of 20, out of 50, out of 75, out of 100, out of 150. You've got rookie variations. You've got some inserts that aren't as valuable, but inserts can kind of be cool. Fireworks, luck of the lottery, fractal, kaleidoscope, and prism break. And cardboard connection doesn't mention color blast in here. There's no there's no photos of color blast, but typically prism has color blast for basketball, football, and other prism releases, even soccer. So, you know, in collegiate. So we think this is probably gonna, you know, it's probably gonna go for around just under $1,000, just like the football release did. Uh, I think you can maybe even pre-order some of them now on eBay for around $9.25, so you can check that out. So they're not cheap. Of course, you've got silver prisms in here, Connor. We always break down silver prisms. So, you know, a lot of the names above and Wemby, you're gambling, but that's what you're trying to get, essentially. Um, if you get a Wemby silver prism out of this, you know, that that's getting your money back and more. There's some other guys in here. You know, I mean, Bilal Koulibaly, Wemby's old teammate. He's featured in here at Cardboard Connection. And then there's some veteran autos. You know, you've got Steph Curry. You've got Luka. Some of the guys signed, things like that. So, But you're, you're probably not going to get your money back with veteran autos. You're looking for the rookies. So 
we hope that our premium members at nooffseason.com, the 30 of you who get in by subscribing to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, commenting on this video with your three favorite NBA teams in order and your nooffseason.com order number, follow Sports Card Strategy on IG, email me screenshots of all of the above to paul at nooffseason.com. We hope that the first 30 of you who do that get a Wemby Silver Prism, but we'll see. It's definitely gambling. Excited to see what the live chat's saying about this uh, later on in the show. But uh, speaking of, of um, sports card strategy, Connor, why don't you tell the people about our special announcement and what one of our extended sports card strategy show family members are doing on whatnot coming up that we're pumped about. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, let's talk about it. So February 23rd, the Sports Card Strategy Show is going to be disrupting whatnot yet again with another whatnot stream featuring singles only with our guy Lefty McKee, courtesy of our friends at Texas Roadshow Cards. Go to whatnot, that's W-H-A-T-N-O-T dot sportscardstrategy.com to save $15 on your first whatnot purchase if you don't have a whatnot account yet. Visit nooffseason.com slash whatnot to follow us and join the stream there. Quick thanks to Cody and Chase at Texas Roadshow for putting this together for us. Uh, we're super pumped about it and excited to see Lefty. Oh, my shoes is in the house. George Scherer is in the house. Card snatcher. If you don't have three favorite NBA teams, guys, you know, here's a little wink, wink for, for those of you that are paying attention. When I say three favorite NBA teams, what they really are is they're in order of the three teams that you really want in this break. That's what it is. So card snatcher, just, just think about Spurs, maybe Hornets, maybe Rockets. Maybe Pistons. Card Snatcher says Lakers, Grizzlies, Wemby. All right. Love it. There you go. Why should you subscribe to NoOffSeason.com's premium membership? Do you like the content on this show? Want more? A free 30-day trial membership at NoOffSeason.com gives you a Friday edition of the Sports Card Strategy Show called The Overflow Show. It's a premium podcast for members only every Friday. And you can ask an unlimited amount of questions to build your sports card investment portfolio. And I answer them for you. I put in the work, research, and do the analysis. And I give you the best possible answer so that you can increase your chances of making money flipping sports cards. And if that's not enough reason to sign up for a free 30-day trial today, you get sports card school and tons of premium members-only articles from Connor Barnett, head of content, and myself, Paul Hickey. Sign up at no offseason. Com. I'm excited to talk more NBA right now with Connor because NBA is his jam. We had the trade deadline happen while Connor was hitting the links with his with his buddies. And uh, I'm going to pass things over to Connor Barnett, head of content at nooffseason.com, to break down a look at the impact of the NBA trade deadline on card prices. Paul, real quick, I just want to get a clarification. So for people that are interested, for those premium members trying to join the break here, do they need to be commenting on the uh, the live stream here or do they need to wait until it's posted 
uh, and the live stream is ended on youtube.com and secure it as a, as a solid comment in there. Wait until it's posted at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. It happens right after the live stream ends. Secure it as a comment there because while we love all of you in the live chat and the live chat is a big part of the content on this show and we love that, it doesn't help us as much as a YouTube actual comment. So if, if, you, if you really want to even help us more than you're helping us being in the live chat, wait until the video is posted to make your comments. They live there forever. And a requirement of getting in this free members only break is posting a live comment on the video, not in the live chat, but on the video once it ends. Thanks for the clarification there. Thank you, Paul. All right, let's hop into the NBA trade deadline and talk about the impact on card prices there. As Paul mentioned, I was out for this and I was my phone was blowing up uh, with notification after notification. Felt bad for Paul because I know he had his hands full with it. But a lot of big trades, a uh, lot of teams, potential contenders trying to find that last piece to make them a legitimate contender. So let's start off talking... Buddy Heal. We, and we want to look at trends here, right? That's what we're all about. We're trying to figure out, can we use this as a selling marker for guys? Um, so let's start with Buddy Heald. Uh, obviously, he was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a guy, rookie card in 2016. His graded card market is up 4.8% the last 14 days, although that's through just nine sales. Uh, not very many rookie cards that trade for Buddy Heald. Uh, and no graded prints from him sold more than three times over the last 14 days. Uh, Badanovich went to the Knicks 2014. Uh, rookie card guy. He's a six-seven wing. Uh, shoots nearly forty percent from three. I think this is a fantastic pickup for the New York Knicks. By the way, another twenty. Or he's, he's a guy from the twenty fourteen class. A uh, few rookie cards and just one trade over the last fourteen days. Um, the Thunder got some veteran leadership behind our guy Gordon Hayward. Twenty ten class, just one graded card traded in the last thirty days. Kelly Olynyk, uh, tall sharpshooter, went to the Raptors twenty thirteen class. Just one trade the last sixty days. Dennis Schroeder to the Nets, 2013 class, just one trade the last 30 days. And these are graded cards, guys, not raw prints. Xavier Tillman, he's a newer guy. Um, but however, just two trades the last 14 days. His best season, I believe he's a 2020 guy, best season in four years, seven points per game and five rebounds per game. So not a lot of change for any of those guys. One of the only guys that saw uh, some decent change here was P.J. Washington, who went to the Mavericks, uh, became a lob threat for Kyrie and Luka as they diced up the defense, cutting from the corner there. 2019 guy. I think this was a good pickup by the Mavs. He's averaged double figures each season he's played in the NBA. And his graded card market is actually up nearly 10% over the last 30 days with 138 different transactions. So let's talk about some takeaways here, Paul, and, and the interesting uh, kind of trend line we're seeing here. Here's my thoughts, and, and I'm, I'm more than happy to have you school me here and kind of educate me. But it looks to me, based off this information, and we've talked a lot about how it's just more difficult to make money flipping NBA and basketball cards uh, and I think that if you compare trades and how they affect football cards to basketball cards, it's another indication that they just don't move the same. Um, so we'll, we'll, this is my takeaway here, Paul. One, I think they got to be newer releases, uh, probably as a product of kind of that lower print count uh, for the older guys. It's got to be the right card. It needs to be someone that's either semi-proven uh, or a big hype guy. Um, I think maybe raw prints will see jumps, but nothing of, of big time substance. So you might see those things that say it's 300 or 400%, but that's really just a $2 card going to five bucks or something like that. Uh, so my question for you, Paul, really is how much does print count matter? What are do your takeaways? Are they kind of in line with mine? And what are your thoughts here? Yeah, we didn't see any big names move. So that that's part of it. I mean, Buddy Heald was the biggest name. 
And while he did have some movement in his market, um, the reality is like 2016 rookies had a pretty low, low print run. And his PSA 10 2016 Prism base, there's only a pop 155. That one did that one did actually go from a dollar and twenty-five cents up to eighteen dollars because of the the trade news, but there's only four sales. So, you know, there's not a whole I guess the takeaway for me is like it does move the needle in the right situation. And even in a semi-right situation like Buddy Healed. But I think overall you're right. I mean, there's no big names. So it really the trade deadline this year was totally anticlimactic. Unless you're an NBA geek fan, which I know many of you are, and we love that. We love, you know, we love NBA geek fans. But that doesn't translate to the card market. So, but what's interesting is that it did actually move the needle in its own weird way for some of these guys. I mean, you know. PJ Washington had some cards go up a little bit. Um, I mean, Xavier Tillman doesn't really have that many cards because he was a second round pick out of Michigan State. Go green, go white. But I mean, his, his cards, he did have some cards move. Um, but yeah, I mean, no big names. So, and Gordon Hayward, like 20, 2010 rookie. So, I mean, just like healed, I mean, these guys have older rookie cards. Dennis Schroeder, 2013 rookie. So he's got weird cards. Um, yeah, I mean, the takeaway is like, if you look at last year's trade deadline with Durant, you saw movement there because it was Durant. Um, but this year's trade deadline, nobody even close to Durant. So I still think in the future, the trade deadline is a marker, but it's unpredictable because you don't know if a guy's going to get traded. And if you, if, if you, if you can dig through your dollar boxes and find a PSA 10 buddy healed rookie that you bought for a dollar 25 cents listed for 18 bucks. But I mean, that that's an anomaly. So, um, but I think it's good to break this down because I think again, it can be a marker, but you have to have the right card for the right player at that time. And that's, what's hard to do because again, we don't know who's going to get traded. And if you bought into a superstar thinking they were going to move, um, you know, you, you might be stuck with that guy for, for a little while. We thought maybe Simons and DeJounte Murray would move, but they're not superstars either. They're, they're kind of like fringe guys on the up and up. So um, kind of anticlimactic, but still good to look at the impact of the trade deadline on card prices. Um, kind of funny here. Shane Graham says Pat Bev to the Bucks, his cards to the moon. What's super weird about this is like Pat Bev, like, I can't even figure out what cards he has. Like, he's got a, he had a 2020, 2021 Prism Sensational Signatures, which is obviously not a rookie card, sold for 10 bucks. There's a 2021 Onyx Blue Ink out of 50 PSA 10. So unlicensed, sold for $54. So, I mean, it actually did move the, I wouldn't say move the needle, but it, created some pat bev sales but i mean what would this dude just like refuse to have cards of himself like did he just not allow the nba players association to make cards of him i mean he's got some cards but they're super weird so i don't know what's going on with pat bev cards but anyway um nba trade deadline up next connor like there's there's a couple we're not going to talk about it today but i'm excited a little teaser 
for some content we've got coming to nooffseason.com and the Sports Card Strategy Show. A couple other selling markers for NBA guys. We hit on the All-Star Weekend coming up. And then, of course, there's the playoffs and the NBA Finals. But Summer League, Summer League is a selling marker. So, um, you know, let, let's see what happens with some of these some of these weird rookies going into 2024, maybe second year guys going into 2024. Some of these guys that like Bilal Koulibaly, who oh my shoes hit me up on earlier in the year. Maybe maybe this bull if you pull a Bilal Koulibaly out of prism, maybe he's a summer league hype guy. I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I love it. And again, Paul's mentioning these sell markers that we're going to be discussing. If you're not signed up uh, to get those sell alerts from us, you got to text sports cards to one 5727 to stay up to date on when those markers hit. If the needle actually move, we'll be sure to let you guys know that you need to get those prints moved so you can capitalize and crystallize those profits. Germ and Card Snatcher, love you both, but you got to wait until the video ends and then drop all that information to win your spot in the 2023-2024 Prism Basketball break for premium members. Germ, like I said, your premium pack went out today, brother. So get hype. We'll get you in that break. Let's talk about Paul's pickups. I'm excited to talk about who I'm picking up. So this is a little bit different, Connor, than Paul's picks. So while you were out Monday, I did a segment called Paul's Picks. And Paul's Picks, it's a lot of P's. Puh, puh, puh. Prism, Paul, Picks, Pickups. Nooffseason.com now features an article that I'm going to write every week called Paul's Picks, which is going to be sports cards that you can buy that you will make money on in the future. Like, you definitely will. So that's at nooffseason.com now. But those aren't necessarily cards that I've bought. They're just cards. They're actually cards that I'm, I might be competing against all of you on. Um, cards that I've bought is Paul's pickups. So let's get into that. So the first card, Connor. Now, now let's have a little bit of a discussion about this. I'm going to quiz you because you're, you're good at this stuff. Oh, God. You're good at recognizing where does this break a guideline? Where does this card break a guideline? And shout out to Chase Krim in the live chat. Love seeing, <laughs> love seeing Chase in the live chat. Um, where does this card break a guideline, Connor? This is a 2023 Don Russ downtown Anthony Richardson super short print. The problem here is that we haven't waited the proper amount of time for all of his rookie cards to release, and we haven't waited for the prices to drop. However, I am curious to see why you're willing to break the rule here, and I'd like to note that while we were walking around Culture Collision, I think every time I saw a downtown, I grabbed you and was like, dude, I love how this looks. Dude, I love how this looks. So go ahead and break down why you think this one's okay to break the rule with and uh, and why you think it's a good buy and why you did buy it. I'm, I'd be lying if I said that your love of downtowns didn't influence me a little bit because I'm in love with the Kabooms. As those of you familiar with the show know, for the last few episodes, I've been talking about Kabooms. But Anthony Richardson's Kaboom is, is uh, listed at probably four times the amount of what his downtowns are listed for. But I believe that the downtowns while they don't have the same upside as the Kabooms, they are more achievable, and it's still a super short print card that is a highly desirable card, and it fits the pocket of desirability, achievability, and 
holding long-term value. So when I talk about the guideline, I talk about guidelines in the context of in a vacuum, they're dangerous. You have to put them together to make a real sports card strategy. So while I talk about this guideline of like waiting, and you're right, you answered the question. I knew you were going to answer the question right. So you were right on the trivia question. But the reason why I talk about that guideline, it's, it's really more for people who are newer to the hobby. They may not be advanced flippers yet. And I want to avoid, I want to, I want to avoid them losing, making dumb decisions. And so if, if I throw that out there consistently, it's going to keep them from buying into like the Panini Blacks and the, uh, you know, maybe just the base Don Russ stuff. Um, it's going to keep, it's going to like the absolute memorabilia. Like th there are some really low end cards that have rookie autos. They might even have rookie patch autos. And so I I've lost a lot of money in 2021 and 2022, really before I knew what I was doing as a flipper, when I was tasting things, I lost a, I lost a lot of money on those releases and I lost a lot of money on, on even like mosaic and things like that. Because what happens is if you don't wait until the other releases come out um, and then for the prices to go down, you can really lose a lot of money on the lower dollar cards that are the more achievable cards. But when you get into the higher end cards, like the downtowns, the color blasts, the kabooms, that's where the guideline starts to fall by the wayside. And you start to see a situation where if there's a selling marker and if you can get the right card for the right player at the right time, in this case, meaning not a lot of hype around Anthony Richardson. So, you know, he's recovering from injury. There's a lot of hype around CJ Stroud. There's a lot of hype coming out of the Super Bowl around Mahomes, Kelsey, even a McColl Hardman card sold for a ridiculous amount of money on Super Bowl Sunday. So there's a lot of hype around still around the 49ers, still around the Lions, the young guys in the Lions. There's still a lot of hype around Puka Nakua because of how these guys finished up their season. But Anthony Richardson stopped playing in like week five and he had surgery. And so I'm going where they ain't, Connor. This is a go where they ain't. And look, only five bids on this card. I won it on five bids and I won it for $510, which I think is a steal for the fourth overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft going into his second season. The selling marker is going to be late August, when there's tons of news reports about how his shoulders healed, how he's ready to sling it, how he's the next Lamar Jackson, right? Now I know he's going to get injured in like week three or four, but I'm going to sell it before then. So I've got a selling marker for this card. I'm pumped about it. And you're right. You nailed it, man. You nailed it. I broke the guideline here, but I think it's a good opportunity to talk about breaking guidelines. And if you're confused on the guideline strategies and plays, I get it. Go to sportscardschool.com check out the advanced flipping course in the selling strategy lesson and you'll see what I'm talking about. All right. Up next in Paul's pickups. This is a guy I forgot about when I did the Kaboom episode. So the first day Connor was out, I did a Kaboom episode. So you guys should go check that out from last week, a week ago. And I, I looked at guys that were going into their second and third year Young running backs with hype, young wide receivers with hype. We talked about Drake London. We even talked about Najee Harris. We talked about Brees Hall. We talked about Garrett Wilson. We talked about more guys than that. But we didn't talk about Kenneth Walker the third. 
My Michigan State Spartan Kenneth Walker the third. Kenneth Walker the third was injured last year. He he fought through injury. He rushed for just under a thousand yards, but he still had eight touchdowns. He had a thousand yards and nine touchdowns rushing in his rookie season in 2022. So I got a Kenneth Walker the third 2022 Kaboom PSA nine. Best offer accepted at $300. So I was pretty pumped about this. By the way, the Richardson sells for about what I got it for, right around, it sells for about uh, between $475 and $425. I will get the Richardson graded, by the way, the Richardson downtown. This Kenneth Walker to the third, I, I'm going to keep it as a PSA 9. No reason not to keep it there. It does sell for about $300, between $275 and $325. It sold for $400 last year. So I really think this card is easily a $400 card. So 300 in, 400 out, worst case scenario in August. I think I'm in good shape with this one, but I also think Kenneth Walker III could easily go up above five, $600, depending just on the hype around him. And the hype comes from ADP, average draft position for fantasy leagues. So that's why I'm really hype about this third guy. I talked about him in the Kaboom episode last week. Brees Hall. I was able to snag this 2022 absolute kaboom Brees Hall PSA 9 best offer accepted. What did I get it for? The off it, it was listed at 426. No, it was so it was here's what happened. It was and I want to walk you guys through this as a sports card strategy. So there's there's a few tips around this Brees Hall pickup. This isn't just this segment isn't just about me bragging about who I picked up, right? There's some sports card strategy and and hobby tips around this. So this card was listed for $449. And there was a best offer option on it, but I just simply added it to my watch list. So what happened when I added it to my watch list is what happens a lot. The buyer sent me an offer and lowered the price. So the buyer lowered the price to $426.55 because the buyer got a notification. I said the buyer, the seller, sorry. The seller got a notification from eBay saying people are interested in this card. They've added it to their watch list. You have prospective buyers. Would you like to send a buyer an offer? So the seller lowered the price to $426.55. The seller then sent me an offer at $400, but that still wasn't low enough for me. So I made an offer at $350. The, buyer count, or the seller counter offered at uh, $385. I countered at 375 and I got the card for 375. So I was pumped to get a card that sells for over $400 at 375 and I was also pumped about the option that eBay gave me. So as I was checking out for this card, eBay gave me the option. It said, first of all, would you like to use spendable funds for it?" And uh, I said, yes, I would because you know why would I not use spendable funds? I mean, I guess you could cash out your spendable funds. That's fine too. I typically do that. But I had spendable funds from some cards that I had just sold, some Wemby PSA 10 hoops cards that I had just sold and profited on from a different play that I mentioned on this show. I said, yeah, I'll use my spendable funds. But then it said, here's an additional service. This card is actually in the eBay vault already. Would you like us to just transfer it to your eBay vault? So the downside of this is, I don't get it in hand. I can't take it to the card show, the Nash Dational. I can't take it to the real National because it's in my eBay vault. I'm not going to sell it till August in the hype cycle because Brees Hall, by the way, I mentioned ADP a minute ago. Brees Hall, by the way, Connor, 
is like a top five fantasy football draft pick projected already going into 2024. So I really think I'm going to sell this Brees Hall during the NFL preseason when people are just pumped about their Brees Hall on their fantasy teams. And so, but I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just transfer it from that person's vault into my vault because why? I mean, U.S. Postal Service, right? Like, why not just secure the card in your vault? Why not just go ahead, get it in there? And it's already in my vault. And now I can just click one button in my eBay account and I can list it. So uh, those are a few packed in hobby tips. And then one other hobby tip that I wish just wanted to throw out there before I let you unpack this with me and ask your questions here, Connor. Did you know you can organize watch lists in watch list items into a custom list? So as I was scrolling through my watch list, for those of you listening on the podcast apps, I'm just going to go ahead and share my screen real quick with the audience. And so as I was going through my watch list, I basically noticed this today. So I'm scrolling through and I see all of a sudden this option that says, organize watched items into custom lists, create a new list. Now I'm an organization guy, right? So if, and watch list on eBay is kind of a mess. So like if I, if I want to organize this into my Wyatt Langfords, my Anthony Richardson's, maybe my Kabooms, my, you know, my Wyatt Langfords, my gold prisms out of tens, my Shadur Sanders is that I'm looking at. I'm going to start using that feature. So I think Sports card strategy, hobby tip. We want all of you to stay organized. We want you to keep track of all your stuff. We talk about spreadsheets all the time. New custom watch lists. It's a good way to do it. So anyway, Connor, what do you think, man, of my uh, my my Paul's pickups? Real quick first, I love the custom watch list. Organization is huge for us. I mean, that's like our motto across the entire company. Uh, realistically, we have a pretty low head count, but I think our output is extremely impressive. So anytime that you can increase efficiency in what you're doing, I think is a great call. So uh, thanks for sharing that with everyone. But um, love these pickups from you. A couple things I wanted to touch on. So we talk a lot about being cautious and wary buying skill position players. Obviously, two of these guys are running backs. Uh, you mentioned getting these guys moved during the hype cycle. One thing that I love, I love that you mentioned is the fantasy football stuff. You know, Andy Kaysen talks about it a lot, how fantasy football can actually help move card prices. Uh, so essentially what you're betting on here is hype from fantasy football and hype from uh, the NFL preseason boosting these guys' card prices. If you want to break down in depth a little bit further why you're so comfortable picking these guys up, even though they have a high potential for injury in a lower uh, term of expected years in his career. Yes, sir. Because I don't think they're going to play and get injured before I'm going to sell them. So I'm going to sell them in late August. And I and I think that what happens is social media gets pumped about NFL training camps. And in, in late July, social media accounts go crazy. And what I mean by that specifically is like your bar stools of the world, your uh, bleacher reports, your ES, your sports center accounts, your... ESPN NFL accounts on Instagram and TikTok, they're going to start to post and, and YouTube reels, they're going to, or YouTube shorts, they're going to, they're going to start to post a ridiculous amount of highlights from these players, um, catches in practice, uh, you know, how big and fast and strong they look. Um, 
you know, fantasy football news is going to be all over throughout the summer with mock drafts and average draft position. I talk about ADP and, and these guys like the Kenneth Walker, the thirds, the Brees halls, the Drake London's, the Najee Harris's, you know, these are all guys that I'm, I'm seriously looking at buying these kabooms for. And, and I mentioned the Anthony Richardson downtown as well. Um, they're just not going to play before I sell them. So I really think I'm taking the injury risk out of it. I'm taking all the risk out of it because I'm not going to ba base my selling marker on a performance spike. I'm not going to base my selling marker on anything that they do on the field. It's all going to be off the field hype and I'm going to liquidate in late August because the market has proven to rise in late August just due to the increased interest in football cards and even as early as late July around the national and around training camps starting. I think we talk about the national being a big place where people buy football cards. I think part of it is because it's the national, but I think really 85 to 90% of it is because it's the first real week of NFL training camp. So you've got like hard knocks. You've got like all this. I mean, dude, it's just all in the media. So I'm just reverse engineering it and buying now because I don't think people are paying as much attention to these guys as they will in late August. Fantastic breakdown from you. Real quick, want to say what's up to our guy, Greeny Green and Brian Steeler 714 But yeah, great breakdown there, Paul. I think at the end of the day, if you guys see us buying someone that you think we have talked against buying, for example, buying running backs or skill position guys, you better believe that we're doing something on the back end that's helping mitigate the risk there uh, and having a very clear sell marker that avoids the risk that we discuss as a reason not to buy those guys. So fantastic job there, Paul. I think uh, these are great plays from Unix. I'm excited to see you make some profits from them. Uh, I'll let you take things away. We're going to talk a little bit about the strategist package that we got going on right now. I've had a lot of fun helping you out there. So go ahead and break it down. Why should you sign up for the one-on-one -on -one strategist package now? There's only one spot left for February. Email paul at nooffseason.com now to lock it up. Why? Because you get me helping you with your buying and selling strategy for a full year. Email me for details, paul at nooffseason.com. And it's kind of funny because Shane Graham just asked in the live chat, what did I get outbid on? And that's this is the kind of information that you get from me when you're in this one-on-one -on -one strategist package. But because I was sharing my screen with those of you at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey a minute ago, you did see that I was outbid on a card and Shane Graham is one of our more astute live chatters on the sports card strategy show. So he noticed I was outbid on a card. I was outbid on a 2023 Bowman Chrome draft auto Wyatt Langford uh, first. And so it ends in nine hours, 18 bids, 293. This is a uh, hoodies consigners is the, Hoodies Collectibles, they're a consignment shop. That's the eBay account. They've got over 156,000 total sales on their eBay store. I met them in person at Mint Collective. They seem like great people. This looks like a scan of the card, so I think surface flaws are going to be hard to tell whether it's part of what was scanned in, but it looks good. It looks very well-centered. Um, maybe a little bit off-centered on the back, so I might be okay with actually losing this auction because I want to try to get one that I can send in for grading. And I think that one might not gem just because of the off centered on the right to left on the back. So uh, thanks for asking Shane. Um, all right. So up next, I want to, I want to break down different grading companies for different situations. I talked to our guy, Tim Larson, big time friend of the show. Tim and I met each other last year because 
he let me squat in his booth at the National to the NoOffSeason.com team, Sports Card Strategy Show host, and myself. Right, This was right before Connor joined the company, so he wasn't there. But we had a lot of interns there. We had a lot of hosts and co-hosts. Friends of the show were there in Tim Larson's booth, Signs of the Times Collectibles. So we became good friends. But one thing I learned about Tim is that he's had over 10,000 cards graded with CGC, and he's had a ridiculous amount of other collectibles graded at CGC as well. And so I wanted to dig in more with Tim Larson from Signs of the Times Collectibles, one of the best people in the hobby, to talk further about CGC as a grading company, talk about different grading companies for different situations, and then something that I think is really cool, Connor, crossover collectibles. You might be asking yourself, what the heck is a crossover collectible? Totally different from sports cards, but I think there's a lot of crossover in the audience of people who are interested in sports cards and people who are interested in some of the stuff Tim and I talk about. So let's get into it. I am here with my main man, Tim Larson of Signs of the Times Vintage Collectibles. Tim, how you doing, man? Great, great. Glad to be here, Paul. I don't know in, in the amount of time we have, we're going to be able to cover everything, but hey, we'll do the best we can. Well, the good news is we're good friends and we're going to have you back here on the Sports Card Strategy Show frequently. So I thought it'd be a good time to get into it with you about CGC grading. So let's talk about yeah. CGC grading because as everyone knows, they're a big supporter of the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. They're sponsoring Sports Card Strategy Show and Football Card Quest right now. And we talk about their perfect PC protection for $12 a card. And I've been pretty transparent about the fact that I have never graded with CGC and I'm not recommending that people grade with CGC for flipping purposes, but, but I know you, you and I go way back and you use CGC. Tell me just kind of like your background as a CGC customer, CGC supporter, what you've used them for, why you've used them for grading, what kind of things have yeah. been for you? Absolutely. So I think, you know, my, my background, my uh, former employment was in education. I did that for 26 years, was a principal teacher coach, went to work for a banking group for about seven years with a friend of mine, and then was always doing collectibles and uh, discovered a, a friend now that is in the coin world. And he and I partnered together now about three years ago, and he does all of his grading uh, with um, S, uh, it's, well, they have so many different acronyms now. It's CGC on the card side, uh, but it's a different acronym on the coin and currency side. And he's the one that actually introduced me to the leadership group and, and Andy Broom in particular, the head grader at CGC. And when I was down at my friend's home in Sarasota, he took me on a tour uh, through the facility. I've met Andy. I've met Andy multiple times at shows. Uh, but when we started, when I started doing the collectible side of the business uh, for my partner, uh, I started grading everything with CGC. Um, obviously, was a little disappointed at the time, and I shared some of my frustration with Andy, the fact that it's a, it's a, a new company on the card grading side. You've got this green label that people don't like, and the grading is pretty tough. And so I was battling that. I probably submitted 
north of 10,000 cards with them. Uh, did, did fine, um, sold a lot of them through our website uh, in a business called Collectors Limited. And then obviously, and you have been very transparent, you know, sometimes um, to the point of being brutally honest, which I think is great, you know, that transparency shows in, in, in everything you do. And I think they've made some positive changes. Uh, the one thing that I do disagree with you on when it comes to grading with CGC, I agree with the fact that if you're doing sports cards and flipping sports, I don't mean to point my pen at you. If you're flipping sports cards, you know, PSA is obviously the way to go. And I would say SGC is a close second. But on the TCG side, I absolutely put CGC up there with PSA. Uh, and the proof is in the pudding. I actually have submissions with CGC right now uh, with about 100 uh, high-end TCG cards that I could have sent to PSA. So that's the one caveat, I guess, that you haven't mentioned too, to your, uh, your uh, no-off-season family is sports cards, I agree. Uh, TCG cards, I disagree. But Interesting. Well, that's good that you yeah. brought that up. So you would say in a way that CGC is the PSA of TCG. It's a lot of acronyms right there, but I think we all follow that. I think so. And I think honestly, and I haven't really talked to Andy or the leadership group about this, you know, as you've mentioned, um, CGC is the, the leader in comic books. And I would say they're the leaders in coins and currency too, with the different acronym, but CGC is the comic book company. And I think they probably made that name change and switch to capitalize on their reputation on the comic book side um, to CGC and, and closely link those two businesses together. Hey, look, I have uh, probably 25,000 comic books in storage that I'm going through and grading with uh, CGC. And matter of fact, I was going to bring one of those when we talk about cross collectibles. This is a book that I recently got back from them. This is a key book in that this is Hulk 180. This is number 181. Uh, this is the first appearance of Wolverine. And in an 8.5, this is probably a five to $10,000 comic book. Uh, the comic book market has softened a little bit, you know, just like every market, you know, there's peaks and valleys and I think it will come back. But uh, absolutely, I think if you have listeners that are doing TCG cards, um, 100%, uh, I would say, you know, neck and neck, I would say PSA, I would say I have just as good a luck selling a card in a CGC slab uh, that I, as I do a PSA card. Tim Larson signs of the times vintage collectibles trusts CGC with his TCG cards and his, his high end comic books. And a couple more CGC notes before we transition over into the crossover collectibles, Adam ripped is the head of collectibles at v friends and he and i were talking recently about the same thing you mentioned which is they trust their v friends tcg cards to be graded with cgc cards and then another point that you made um i believe that you're correct i believe that what they're trying to do is why wouldn't you ride the coattails of being an industry leader for tcg and comic book grading and name your sports card grading acronym CGC as well, right? So I think, no doubt. I think that's great. No so, doubt. The other thing, the other thing I was going to mention too, Paul, 
in terms of uh, grading with CGC, the other thing that I do is I love the slab. I love the looks of the new label. The fact that I know the people that are grading these cards and I, and I understand what's in that holder makes me more confident when I send stuff in. I use them for my PC too. You know, if, if I'm subscribing to the uh, sports card strategy show, which I do, and when I buy my Bronny James orange shimmer number to 25, am I going to send this to CGC to get graded to flip when the marker that Paul tells me, and Paul didn't tell me to say any of this, I, I honestly believe in, in, in the strategies and I'm playing a lot of those myself. I'm going to send this to PSA today. Hopefully down the line, it's something that as CGC builds their reputation and trust and we start to see some of those prices climb, uh, it's definitely something I would send to CGC. But but I do send a lot of my personal stuff to them that I keep in my safe and, and, and keep long term. And I know you're against that and, and I understand why. Uh, and you talked about that with your Jeremy Lee discussion. but um, the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I do keep for myself and grade myself, I do send to CGC. Sweet. I hope you get a PSA 10 on that Brownie James, cause that would be a huge card at the selling marker. Um, yeah. And I do have, just so you know, Paul, I have, I have three Brownie James. I have five, uh, Travis Hunter cards. Uh, I have a Caitlin Clark card, which I know you're a little, eh -eh, but there's going to be a good marker on her. The other card that I bought that my four boys are super excited about is at the time that I bought it, it was the only PSA 10 Connor McGregor kaboom. And once they announced that fight, hopefully in June or July, the marker set, I think that's a card that's going to do really well. I do too. I love that play. That's amazing. Yeah. Me and too. I'm headed down with Andy Kaysen and Connor Barnett. We're going to CGC headquarters at the end of this month and we're going to have some content from our behind the scenes tour. So we're all excited about that. But, awesome. Uh, You'll enjoy that. Yeah. Great facility. I'll tell Andy Broom, you said hello and we're going to meet do with them. And visit some uh, of my comic books that I have down there too. They've got about uh, three long boxes they're holding for me. They just pull a little bit at a time. So nice. Well, that's good. So real quick, Tim, tell the sports card strategy show audience here about crossover collectibles. Cause we've hit on comics. We've hit on coins. We've hit on TCG. Those are some of the obvious crossover collectibles that I think people know about, but I mean, you've got a whole world of goodies from the I past and from the present. And uh, I do you're, you're and high I do. on crossover collectibles. Talk about it. I do. And I like, you're the one that kind of coined crossover. We call them cross collectibles, but I like the, the verbiage uh, crossover collectibles. And, you know, I started collecting beer cans when it was a fad. I started collecting in 1973 and my dad and brother got involved. My brother actually has done that for a business for the last 35 years, selling old beer cans, believe it or not. And as we travel around and went to shows and antique stores and flea markets, I started to get into everything. I got into comic books. I got into vintage advertising. I got into graded video games. I mean, anything. And I think the key to your listeners, too, it's it's stuff pre-1980 collector edition. When they started doing all these collector edition stuff, 
everybody saved that. You know, Coca-Cola and M&Ms and all that, collector's edition, everybody saved that. The stuff that I really deal in is pre-1980. It's stuff that was meant to be used, to be played with, thrown away. I mean, beer cans weren't meant to be saved. They were meant to be drank and thrown away. And I'll just share a couple here with you. But this, for instance, is a can that Budweiser made in the 1950s. And Faust was kind of a, a fictional, like, devil guy. And you can see on the back, too, it's got a picture of the can and some of the Budweiser, you know, uh, terminology there, too. It was a can that you had to use a can opener to open. And this is a can, I think, in today's market, it's probably in the seven to $10,000 range uh, because of condition, because of rarity. There wasn't many of them to begin with. The other thing that I'll say, and I know we have limited amounts of time, this was the first Budweiser can. So beer started to get canned in 1935. And they actually put instructions on the back of the can because people were always used to drinking beer out of bottles. And so they had to show you how to open it. They had to give you a can opener to open the can. And there was even cans that looked more like bottles that had spouts on the top. And then you would use your can opener to open that. But that would be, that's a quart can. And then maybe you can see behind me here. This is the largest beer can. And these didn't go over very well because you would crack this open. And if you didn't drink it all, you put it in your refrigerator and get it flat. But there's your little tapper that was on top. So beer was canned in, you know, 64 through actually seven ounces. So here's a seven ounce can. That was the smallest can. And you might, well, you're too young to remember even a tab like that, the full tab. The other thing I mentioned real quick, you know, like vintage advertising, this is obviously a really small sign, but this is a metal uh, embossed sign from the 1950s. Uh, people love to buy this and they put it in their man cave or garage. They put it or a lot of my customers have old cars and they want old, you know, automobile signage. I mentioned the comic book. The other thing that I've gotten into lately, and I actually sent this to uh, WADA to get graded. This is a sealed video game and PSA owns WADA. And so my kids have started getting in this too, where they display these uh, on a shelf and they're really starting to, because I think honestly, Paul, stuff like this is going to be the next generation because my kids aren't interested in old beer cans. My kids are interested in Pokemon and sports cards and video games. And I think these are the kind of things in the future that are really going to hold some value. As those kids get older and have some disposable income, they're going to want to buy things that have nostalgia. We all like things that we look at that bring back a memory, conjure up a memory of when we were younger and maybe we couldn't have. Like when I was a kid, my parents wouldn't let me play a pinball machine because we didn't have the money. So guess what? I bought pinball machines and I have pinball machines in my basement now. And and so it's just to me, a lot of it is about nostalgia and memories. Uh, the other thing I'll say real quickly when we talk about cross collectibles is the thing that I also like about it is if you're at a show, you can always bring some of your cross collectibles. And there's people if you remember the National uh, Sports Collectors Convention last year that you were at with me. I had beer cans in the booth. I had old patches. I had a Ronald McDonald costume. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember. I saw, I'll never forget. 
and I sold it. It was the only Ronald McDonald. People will come up to me and say, why do you have a beer can and a Ronald McDonald costume at a sports collector's convention? And my answer was, people come up to me all the time and say, hey, grandpa has an old collection of beer cans or comic books, or are you interested in these kind of things? So if you can become more knowledgeable on cross collectibles, I definitely think there's a place and a time to be able to dabble outside of what your main interest and focus is and when the time is right. If you're in the right place and you stumble upon something that, and if you don't have the subject matter expertise, you can always reach out to somebody that does. One quick question before we let you go here today, because I'm fascinated by all of this. I'm, I'm excited to hear what our audience thinks and then bring you back on the show in the future to talk more about this. But one of the things that drew me to sports cards specifically is the market. So the raw market can be up and down a little bit depending on condition. And there's always like debates in that, but once it's graded by a reputable grading company, I mean, there's really no debate as to what that particular cards value is, but then you bring out a beer can like the Faust can. So right. is there a go-to like blue book of sorts for collectibles that are crossover collectibles like these or do you really need like an expert like yourself to examine and verify that it is truly an authentic can and put a value on it how do you how do you value these rare beer cans for example yeah and that's and, and that's really a great question and it's probably the thing that's good and bad about the sports car hobby it's almost become commoditized to where if you own a Patrick Mahomes rookie card from 2017 and a PSA 10, you can pretty much go on eBay and determine the value of that. You know, right now that card I see last night selling around $1,100 after his Super Bowl win. A can like the Faust that I told you, you know, it's hard to know how many are out there. Uh, we do have a beer can organization. You know, I think there's an organization for pretty much everything out there collectible wise, except sports cards, which is kind of odd to me. Um, we do have, you know, the National Sports Collectors Convention and we have events, but we have a uh, Bruriana Collectibles Club that's based out of St. Louis, Missouri. We have a national convention, convention, not a convention, a convention every okay. year. And we do have, you know, like my brother, he's definitely he's been in the, in the hobby for 35 years. He's definitely an expert. But that to me is one of the pros and cons of collecting things outside of sports cards is how I rate the condition of a can like this is totally subjective. What I call it may be different than what you call it in terms of grading. I can take pictures of it. They can be deceiving. So a lot of it is I've built up a reputation where when I'm selling cans to customers of mine, we have a grading system that's different in beer cans. When I call it a certain grade, my customer knows when they get it, that's what it's going to be. And so I think it's hard for a newbie with beer cans, although I have sports card collector friends that travel across the country and they stumble into antique stores and they'll send me pictures and say, hey, does this have any value? Nine times out of 10, it doesn't, but they found some real gems. And so I think it's just a matter of getting to know what you're looking at, what you're looking for, asking the right questions to the right people. It's kind of like you with your whole theory of, buying the right card, you know, the right player. What, what is it again? I love the right it. card for the right player at the right time. That's right. And, and it's, it's the same thing. You can buy a beer can and you can buy it at the right price, but it might be the wrong can, right? 
it's like you have to know and and a lot of that's just experience um, sounds asking fun, the right it questions sounds, it is yeah, fun it i mean fun. and it's it's no different you talked about setting up at a at a card show for the first time and how much fun i set up at more shows beer can shows comic book shows coin shows vintage advertising shows they're all the same really great people i love to take my kids we go to a big city we go to a ball game we go out to eat you know i've turned it into a business um it's fun yeah it's just it's a it's a load of fun signs of the times collectibles on instagram right people need to follow you there dm you there if they if they need help with any of these crossover collectibles absolutely and if they have you know relatives that have some of this old stuff that they're looking to sell i can absolutely point you the right direction uh for that um and it's again to me it's like the your niche in collecting is more the flipping aspect and 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 that's great i think everybody has something that they're passionate about when it comes to collecting and it really doesn't matter what it is frankly i love that i couldn't agree more tim larson one of the best guys in the business one of the best guys in the hobby grateful that we are friends thanks for coming on the sports card strategy show today hope to have you back soon yeah sounds good paul enjoyed it yes. what a great piece by our guy tim larson there paul good work um a lot of good takeaways obviously thank you guys for hanging tight with us for that clip uh there's so much good stuff to break down there one of the things that i like to, to kick things off paul is he mentioned the video game collecting and grading there and i thought that it was interesting because he noted you know people his age maybe are looking for beer cans but his kids won't be in the future they're going to be looking at the video games and things like that a couple questions for you paul i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit what other things do you think are going to be more popular as we move towards the future in terms of collecting and why do you think sports cards are going to remain so relevant I do agree with video games. I think uh, toys, like sealed toys, like I know Funko Pops are big right now. I would put that in the toy category, although somebody can correct me if there's a better category for it. But uh, like Funko Pops, video games, I do think that, um, you know, I, I think that actually coins and... The, the kind of stuff that Tim's like the, the kind of stuff that you would get on like American pickers or whatever, uh, like pawn, pawn, pawn shop stuff is going to continue to be popular. Even, even if, uh, that is a older demographic right now, I still think that it's going to continue to be popular. Um, but yeah, for the, for this younger generation, I think it's going to be, um, sports cards mainly and TCG. I think TCG cards and sports cards, because there's, the grading, here's why. And this is why I, this like this isn't why I picked sports cards, but because I already had a passion for sports cards, but this is why I went so hard into sports cards in 2021 and have continued to and will continue to go harder and harder into sports cards. It's because of the grading. It's because there's checklists. It's because it's easy to follow. There's a release calendar. We all know who the players are. There's media coverage around the players. So now we know what the checklists are, what the checklists should be comprised of. We can educate ourselves on that. That's well-documented. We know that there's a raw value to a card that fluctuates based on condition, but once that's graded, it pretty much becomes set in stone. You've got different grading companies, so you've got enough opportunity in the market to make plays. 
You've got the ability to prospect, which is huge. And you can't really do that with video games. You can't really do that with Funko Pops. You can't really do that with coins. You can't really do that with vintage advertising. You can't really do that with beer cans. You can't do that with any of these other collectibles. It's harder to do with TCG, which is why I rank sports cards above TCG because I know Pikachu can't blow out their ACL, but I don't know when a selling marker is for Pikachu, right? I know when a selling marker is for Shadur Sanders, even though he can blow out his ACL. He won't, knock on wood, but... God, I hope he doesn't. But but sports cards is going to win because if you go back to Connor, sports cards has always won. You know, you've got the Honus Wagner. You've got Bronco Nagurski. You've got Bobby Jones cards dating all the way back to like the early 1900s. And so here we are already almost in the mid 2000, mid 2000, uh, you know, not mid 2000s, but the, uh, you know, 2024 brother that's a quarter of the way into this next century and so sports cards are still winning and um it's 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 the organization it's the media coverage it's the checklists it's the grading yeah love it i think you hit a lot of good points there one more thing i want to touch on from that video before we head over to our audience q a thank you guys for hanging tight there is i think tim is like a tangible example of how important getting good reviews is. It sounds like he's almost built a lot of his uh, business model off integrity and providing good service for people and word of mouth that's kind of built it. So for people that are looking to really pop off in terms of selling cars on eBay or wherever, wherever it may be, uh, Tim's a great reflection of how important it is uh, to kind of build that good reputation for yourself and that it will naturally, if you do the right things, it's gonna help you sell cars, it's gonna help you sell whatever you're trying to move. Uh, so shout out to Tim for taking the time there. Anything else you wanted to add, Paul, before we move to our audience Q&A? Let's get into the audience QA. Let's see what we've got starred up here from the live chat. Let's do it. Let's start off with our guy, Justin Stewart says, question for later. I will be sending out, or excuse me, will you be sending out sell alerts for the prospects in the top 25 baseball list? I expect there will be quite a few call-ups coming. Paul, what's the answer here? Oh yeah, baby. I've been thinking there, it's been a little quiet on the sell alert front for a while. We've done, we've done a few over the last couple of weeks, but it's about to go nuts on everyone's text messages with um, basically spring training coming up and the MLB showcase that we talked about and then a bunch of the call-ups throughout the season. So yes, Justin, we're definitely going to be sending out a lot of sell alerts coming up. So text sports cards to one 5727 Text sports cards to one 5727 for those sell alerts. Love it. Up next, we got our guy, Joe E. I'm going to actually mesh them together with Alan Ma, both, both asking about investing in quarterbacks. Obviously, I mentioned at the head of the show, looking at guys like Justin Herbert, they're wondering, Jalen Hurts, national media is on the way down, is way down on the Eagles right now, and also mentioned Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson are on their buy lists. Who else would you be looking at buying for NFL quarterbacks right now, Paul? And why not? Maybe it's for some of the names on the list. I mean, I think Joe E and Alan Ma nailed it. In fact, I just added a bunch of Richardson, Hertz, and uh, even a Bryce Young, couple of Bryce Young cards, believe it or not, to the one-on-one -on -one strategist package uh, buy alerts that you get for being part of that one-on-one -on -one strategist package. Um, other guys, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. I mean, if I had to rank them, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, 
would be guys probably in that order that we haven't mentioned in the last few few sentences. I mean, I think Hertz is is up there. I think if if I, if you go to the uh, football card rankings at nooffseason.com, you'll see a lot of those names as well. Um, so we're talking pro quarterbacks. Obviously, everyone that's familiar with the show knows I'm super bullish on college quarterbacks. So we're updating our sports card rankings to more reflect some of the other college quarterbacks that we like. Shadur Sanders and Caleb Williams are number one and two on the football card rankings right now. Burrow, Hertz, Lawrence. Um, and then I'm skipping Marvin Harrison Jr., Arch Manning, Travis Hunter. Then we've got Herbert. Uh, so I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm cooled off a little bit on Mahomes and Lamar Jackson for right now, only because they've had so much hype recently. Um, Josh Allen and Tua are certainly on the list. Justin Fields and Kyler Murray. I really, really like Justin Fields and Kyler Murray. They're in a different tier, obviously, than those other names. Um, but there's a selling marker for Justin Fields because he uh, could get traded around the NFL draft. There's going to be a lot of media coverage around him due to the Bears' draft status. And Kyler Murray, I think, I mean, just 26-year-old, former number one overall pick coming off a bad year, not a lot of hype around him. Um, I think he's underpriced, but I think the selling marker exists at the training camp preseason hype more to come on that. But those are the guys I really like, and I'm not naming off cards right now. One, just for the sake of time Two, go to nooffseason.com to see all the cards that we recommend buying for those guys. Great breakdown. Yeah. I really like that Kyler Murray pick. He's super cheap right now. So for people that are maybe looking for affordability mixed with clear cell marker, Kyler Murray might be a good one there. Thanks for the questions, guys. Let's head over. You mentioned college prospects. Uh, potentially investing in college QBs that you are high on right now. So let's touch on our guy Shane Graham real quick. Says, college football prospects are all over my watch list. Drake May, Malik Neighbors, Roma Duns, Marvin Harrison Jr. Getting them for pretty cheap with the goal of sell on draft night. Paul, I know you love this. What do you want to add here? Go to nooffseason.com. If you're a premium member, watch Friday's Overflow show from last week. If you're not a premium member, you need to become one and you get a free 30-day trial. So why would you not? get your free 30-day trial and watch last Friday's Overflow show because I dropped two sleeper QBs that we have never mentioned before on this entire show. Actually, we have mentioned one of them, but very, very briefly, a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't really call him out as a huge sleeper, but we call him out on the Overflow show because one of our premium members asked, and I broke it down. So, little teaser there. I agree with everything Shane Graham says. I don't, Shane, I love you, man. You're first in the live chat. So I haven't called you out on this yet, but you're not a premium member at nooffseason.com. I ask you why, Shane, why would you not go get a free 30 day trial, man? So go check it out and see who I've got as my next two sleepers. Speaking of sleepers, let's head over to our guy, Gabe Davis, who says, don't be afraid to add Jackson Dart to the list. Jackson Dart, a former USC quarterback who transferred, I believe, uh, to Old Miss after just one year, signed with USC in 2021. Paul, thoughts on Jackson Dart? Jackson Dart looks like he does have Bowman Chrome U autos. It looks like his first were in 2022. So they are licensed, uh, and they do have the Ole Miss logo. So he could be a big-time sleeper. I really like Gabe Davis throwing that into the live chat, and Jackson Dart is someone I have to look into even more. I love learning from our audience, so great work, Gabe Davis. Really appreciate you. 
Thank you, Gabe. Up next, we got Cleo Cards. Wondering if they can get into the basketball break for premium members if they're already in the football break. What's the answer? Oh, good question, Cleo Cards. Let, why don't Why don't you try it? Why don't you try it, Cleo? Let's. You know, I thought about this. I was actually I was running before the show today, and I was like, you know, we're gonna do this other break, and I don't want to piss anybody off. I want to make sure that like everybody gets something. Um, so why don't we do this? Why don't, why don't, why doesn't everybody do what I asked them to do earlier in the show? Cleo cards, no harm in doing it. And I believe since Cleo cards is already in the football break, that's obviously why he's asking this. Let's see what happens. Maybe you'll get in the basketball break. I, I think if I, I will say this, what I would like to do is I would like to get feedback from the premium members on this, but knowing the no offseason.com fam, I would like to think that they would agree on implementing some type of rule that either you wouldn't be able to get into back-to-back breaks unless they don't fill. Like so, so that's why I want you to do it anyway. Because like if it doesn't fill, I'm gonna take the next people that do it and and put them in there. But if it does, but it, but if it if you do get into two back-to-back and they're high dollar. Um, but there's people on the waiting list that are premium members that didn't get in. I would like to think that you would give up your break spot to, to somebody else, but uh, I won't put you on the spot, Cleo Cards. I will just say this. I don't know yet, so go ahead and just do what I asked you to do, and then I'm going to figure it out later based on how quickly it fills and 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 who fills it. Paul, during Paul's pickups earlier, uh, you used the term spendable funds and using that towards investing in some of the cards that you've picked up recently. Our guy, Justin Stort, was a little baffled by this. He says, wait, can you use your eBay sales money to purchase things? Uh, do you have to have a certain number of sales before you can do that? I've never had that option. How are you using these spendable funds, Paul? Yeah, so Justin, glad you asked this because I don't talk as much as I really, really so there's so many topics to talk about on this show and in all of our content. Like there's literally like, I would say a quote unquote waiting list of like hundreds of things that I want to say in our content or on this show that I just don't really say because it's hard to, you can't prioritize everything. So what ends up happening is like when I go through something like Paul's pickups, I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity to talk about 37 other things I want to talk about. One of them that Justin caught is spendable funds. So what happened is a couple of months ago, I received a notification within my eBay app that said, you've now qualified for spendable funds. And so would you like to turn on spendable funds? Before I had spendable funds turned on, I would automatically get payouts. So I I like that because like, you know, I didn't have to do anything. So as soon as eBay would process all of the money from my sales, I would just get an auto payout into the bank account attached. But now that I have spendable funds turned on, basically it defaults to giving me, yeah, essentially spendable funds credit in my eBay account that I can use to buy anything on eBay. And if I want to go into my eBay seller hub and cash out the spendable funds, now I have to manually do that. It doesn't automatically do it for me. Um, So that's spendable funds. I don't know what I did to qualify for spendable funds but it is a, I believe, newer feature that gets activated at some point along the way, your eBay journey. So I think it's probably one of those things where the more the more stuff you buy and the more reliable of a seller you are, they give you 
they give you access to the, to be able to essentially keep your money in eBay. I think it benefits them probably more than it benefits us, but it's still a nice little feature because it feels like you're not really spending money. I will say this because it feels like you're not really spending money. I'm kind of thinking about doing a sports card school class on like being careful about spendable funds because it is your money. Like it is your money. So so it can trick you into buying cards that you, or maybe paying more for cards than you should, or buying cards that you don't want to buy, or buying things on eBay that you don't want to buy. I actually, I'm glad that I mentioned spendable funds, but I really think it's more important to actually stay disciplined on taking out your money from eBay so that you can reinvest it back into something else. There's no benefit really in using spendable funds. It's really just being lazy and keeping your money in eBay. So what I probably need to do is cash out the rest of my spendable funds as the Dave Ramsey of sports cards. And Connor, while you were out, I think I might've become the Jim Rome of sports cards because I was solo for two shows. What did you, what did you think of my two solo shows without you? I thought they were phenomenal. I actually messaged you and said, we might need to have more, some solo Paul Hickey going on. I thought they were great. A lot of good value. I am happy, however, to be back. And that's actually all I've got for the audience Q&A. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap uh, my inaugural return to the Sports Card Strategy Show up today? It's good to have you back, Connor. I am pumped you're back. I am super grateful and thankful for the entire NoOffSeason.com fam. Don't forget to get into that. Try to get into that prison break if you can. If you're listening on the podcast apps, you know what to do. And we're always here to help you guys out. So get that free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com. Email me at paul at nooffseason.com. Let us know how we're doing on the pod. Have a great day. We'll see you guys again soon. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Off Season Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at NoOffSeason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.